This is episode 633 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's podcast, I visit with a longtime friend, Robin Stewart. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is usually an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website. But from time to time, I interview members of the preparedness community who can bring a ton of value and information to your preparedness. Links for this podcast can be found in the show notes or on theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website, so you know you can trust it. Other benefits include members-only videos and periodic webinars. This is a great value for only $20 a year. For more information, visit www.prepperwebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, you are absolutely going to love this podcast interview. You know, as I have been self-isolating at home and I have been working from home, uh, to be honest, it feels like I'm working longer and harder than I ever did if I go into the office. It's uh, it's kind of weird uh, like that. But one of the things that I have noticed and I have seen is people talking about the stress of being locked down and the stress of the whole coronavirus thing and, and talking with family members and talking with uh, other other preppers and seeing what people are posting online. And I thought it would be a really great opportunity to talk about stress and how to deal with stress and anxiety. And when I start thinking about going down that road, I think about a longtime friend. And to be honest, I hadn't we hadn't touched base in a long time, but I, I always think about her. And I decided to reach out to her to see if she would be interested in coming onto the podcast to talk about stress and anxiety and how to deal with it and what you know what people are experiencing at this time right now where we are in history or in in reality really in any shtf situation because all of this is going to apply so robin stewart is a long-term long-time friend we first met her my wife and i first met her when we started in the group home and this is over 25 years ago and the group home that we ran i haven't talked too much about this uh, part of our lives uh, we did it very early on. We met the the very basic minimum requirements to be able to do this. And we ran a therapeutic group home, uh, which was licensed by the state. In in Texas, there's only two, uh, there were only two agencies that had this specific license. And it was, uh, again, a therapeutic group home. It was run very similar to Boys Town, if you're very familiar with them. And uh, we did that for about 12 years. But at the beginning part of that, uh, we worked with uh, a therapist. All the kids that we had in our home, they lived with us 24-7. All the kids that we had in our home, they they went through therapy. And that was the therapeutic part of it. They did it every single week. And the first therapist that we worked with, and we worked with many over the years, but the very first one that we worked with was Robin. And we really hit it off at the very beginning. Uh, we were both, well, all of us, uh, my wife and, and and Robin, and we're all kind of, you know, in that same age group. And then dealing with, you know, the, stu- the kids that we're, we're dealing with and trying to help them out. And so we just developed a relationship throughout the years. We worked with other therapists, but then later on, we were able to work with her again. And we always went back to, man, I wish we could work with Robin again. That always would come up. 
So Robin is a licensed professional counselor. She has been a counselor since 1993. For the longest time, after I think our last time that we worked with her in the age, at the agency, uh, she moved from there to work as a Christian counselor with the Houston Center for Christian Counseling. And so you're going to talk. We're going to talk a lot about faith. That's going to come up in our in our talk about stress and anxiety and how to manage all of that. Um, just to give you a little bit of background, she is a CHL, uh, you know, a concealed high handgun license carrier. And uh, just to give you a little bit of, uh, you know, reference there, because sometimes when we think, and this is one thing that I brought up with her, when people think about, you know, therapists and you're, you're thinking like really left leaning and I, we didn't really get into politics, but I mean, she's a CHL holder. Uh, she's a active dog trainer. Uh, one of the funny things is, uh, she, she's the owner of two bad asses. And really, that is like really miniature donkeys. She talks a little bit about that as well. In fact, I asked her that at the very beginning. I mean, how does somebody own miniature donkeys? You know, how do you how do you get into that? She's been married for almost as long as, well, actually longer than my wife and I have been married. Uh, and so she's her husband is a former federal firearms dealer, former CHL certified instructor, and an avid marksman. And so I say all of that to let you know that you know, Robin's coming from a lot of the point of view and values that we hold as uh, those of us being in preparedness. And so uh, I know that really doesn't make a difference when we're dealing with stress and anxiety and, you know, wanting to have the strategies that, that are important for that. But it's always good to know where the person is coming from. And for me, the most important thing is that she's coming from a Christian background. So she's going to talk a lot about managing stress for ourselves She's going to talk about how to help our spouses, how, how we can help our spouses, and how we can help kids. And not just the young kids, that we talk about that, but we also talk about how to help high school kids and college age kids because you know they have lost a lot, especially those that are high school seniors and those that have gone away to college and their their first college experience has been you know kind of ripped up, ripped out from underneath them. She takes us through a couple of exercises and one of the things that I did because we recorded this uh, in, in video format as well, I took those exercises that she walks you through and I put them on YouTube. And so if you, of course, you can listen to it. She has a very calming voice. She can, she's going to walk you through the exercise and all that good stuff. But if you want to experience it on video and see it for yourself, then I have it on video. And so it's about a 17 minute video where she walks you through two exercises and, and I, I think they're really great. And so to really help you to de-stress and to, to focus your energy. She has a great sense of humor. And uh, I, I you're, like I said, you're just going to really love this interview. So I'm going to stop yapping because it's a really long interview, a lot of great stuff. And we're going to jump right into it. So here's the interview with Robin Stewart. Hey, Robin, welcome to the Prepper Website Podcast. Good morning. How are you, Todd? I'm great. Hey, thanks for being here. In, in the introduction, I shared a little bit uh, about you uh, and, you know, where, where we met and all that good stuff. Um, but I talked a little bit about your donkeys. And so I'm sure people want to know what, what is that? What's up with that? Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about why you have two donkeys? We, my husband and I, um, first of all, we just love animals. But we wanted to get some of those little pygmy goats. 
And they, everybody kept telling us, well, you're going to need protection animals for them. And we got to researching donkeys because they're great protection animals. And, oh, my gosh, they were so stinking cute. We said, well, we'll just get a couple of them instead. So we ended up with Austin and Cisco. And uh, we they're great pets. We just love them. They're like giant Labradors, really. Wow. All right. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. And that's uh, you're the first person that I know that has donkeys. So, uh Hey, let me alert you too, because uh, this coming weekend is Palm Sunday, and I call that the donkey holiday. Because you know, <laughs> it's a miracle in the Bible nobody talks about. If uh, if you get on a donkey that's never been ridden, it's not going to be a very long ride. So Jesus did that, right? Yeah, he did. He did that. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. So I have you on to talk about mental health, and especially with all the stuff that's going on with. Uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus. Um, last week, I talked a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I do on my podcast is I share um, articles that I, have, uh, that I have posted on Prepper website, and I read them with permission from uh, the website websites that, that initially put them out. And I give a little bit of commentary. We were talking about dealing with conflicts and stuff. And, um, but one of the things that just kind of kept coming back to me after I finished that podcast episode was I know a lot of people are dealing with stress. I, I hear it in my coworkers. I see it on social media. And uh, yeah, I thought when I started thinking about stress and dealing with stress and managing it, I mean, you came to mind uh, just because I, I know you and I, I know that you come from uh, that Christian background. And so I know that you can, you can help uh, the listeners out there because there are people out there that are dealing with it. And there are people out there probably dealing with it that might not even realize it. So with that said, can you tell us a little bit about the difference between stress, anxiety, and, and trauma, and trauma triggers, and maybe even some PTSD? Um, what are the main symptoms we should be on the lookout for, um, especially caused by the situation that we're in right now? Yes, uh, it's a very relevant question. I'm very happy to talk about it. And as you can imagine, my... Um, Clients have grown in the last few days. I think about the first week or so it was about status quo, but since then there's been a steep incline because people are starting to get nervous and anxious and they're faced with all kinds of change. I mean, uh, I jokingly put out on Facebook, you know, for Lent, I'm going to give up my entire way of life. <laughs> you know, so that's what's happened. Right. All, okay. And so, when we talk about stress, that's number one, what everybody's dealing with. Stress is actually change, okay? Because even something positive like getting married or having a baby or adopting a puppy, that's still a whole lot of change and you're going to be stressed. You'll be happy, but you'll still be stressed. If we move into anxiety, Anxiety is really, um, we think about it on a scale, okay? We have moderate anxiety, we have severe anxiety. So moderate anxiety, uh, you know, you're going to notice some changes in your heart rate. You're going to notice you feel tense. Your thoughts might be a little bit more uh, negative or dark or gloomy. If you talk about um, very severe anxiety. Uh, most of the 
panic attacks initially show up at the ER because they actually feel exactly like a heart attack. Physically, you feel uh, like an elephant sitting on your chest. You feel um, cold and clammy. You, you just um, really feel like you're going to die. So if anybody tells you they've had a panic attack, be very compassionate to them. It's a very, very frightening experience, and it's very real, uh, and it feels like a heart attack. So uh, those are some ideas to think about. Am I, am I having stress? Am I having some light anxiety? Am I having severe anxiety? Am I having panic attacks? The good news about a true panic attack is you cannot die from a panic attack. You're going to be fine. You feel like you're going to die, but you're not going to die. You're just going to have <laughs> some symptoms, and then you'll notice they'll actually subside over time. You may even give yourself a minute just to notice, okay, I think this is a panic attack. Let's notice how long this is actually going to, you know, last. And then um, hopefully you won't ever have another panic attack. But if you do, you know, okay, it's going to be seven minutes and then I'm going to feel normal again. All right. Um, trauma, when we get into trauma, right? Trauma, we, I like to divide it into two different categories. One being what we call Big T traumas. A big T trauma is a life-threatening trauma like car accident, uh, obviously a military experience, or threatened death, or uh, the threatened death of one of your people, right? Your group, your family, your immediate relatives. Um, that's a big T trauma. In a very big way, COVID is a big T trauma, right? Because the ultimate threat here is you're going to catch COVID and you're going to succumb to COVID. Um, we know statistically, you know, that that's a small possibility for each and every one of us, but it's still, that's the risk, right? That's the worst risk or that somebody in my immediate group is going to contract it and they're going to pass away. So that's a big T trauma and that warrants uh, really taking care of yourself, taking care of one another, and we'll talk about some ways of helping you move from that state of, you know, hypervigilance or hyper alertness to calm and really shutting off that fight or flight response that, we're, that we just naturally get into when we sit and think about things like that. A little T trauma, right? So we got a big T trauma and then we have a little T trauma. Little T traumas are uh, threats to our way of life or our beliefs about ourselves. For instance, a divorce is a little T trauma, right? I'm not going to die from a divorce, but I'm certainly going to feel very differently about who I am and, you know, my status on social media changes and my status in my friendship circles might change and things like that. A little T trauma might also be I'm going to lose my job or I'm under the threat of losing, losing my job. And of course, that also um, is traumatic. And that's going on all the time now, right? Yeah. Um, so let me just stop there. Do you have any thoughts or questions so far? No, I, I think that's all. It's all good. What you're what you're talking about here where so you're saying the the leeway or the, the difference between that big or the small T trauma going into the big tree T trauma is going to be uh, the, the more traumatic. Can you, 
can you talk a little bit more just about the difference? Uh, because here's, here's the thing. Could there be people that are maybe, you know, they're hunkering down at home and dealing with all of this and not necessarily worried about dying or contracting it, but could they be moving from a, a, a small T trauma to a big T trauma? I mean, could that happen? You know, it, it could certainly happen. This, it would be a scenario like this. I'm, I'm at home. I'm respecting quarantine. Um, as a result, my job has ended. For instance, I'm a, a wait staff person, right? And, at, and then a few days later, I find out my grandmother in New York City got the COVID and passed away. Now I've gone from normal life to a little T trauma. My life has changed. My uh, livelihood has been taken away. And now I have lost a loved one in my immediate circle. So now I'm at a big T trauma. So that's actually a great question. That can happen, uh, you know, and, and does happen. So, you know, obviously that would be a terrible scenario to be in. And hopefully that person would have lots of support around them to help guide them through all of that stress and grief. Okay. All right. So that's, that's good. And having that scenario helps to kind of keep it in perspective and, and understand it a little bit better. Um, the mental health community that's out there, when this starts to ramp up, like you said, um, initially people that were coming and, and talking to you and, and maybe doing sessions with you were just, hey, you know, the status quo and where people were coming from and, and it, it has started to change. How does the mental health community view what's happening right now in the general public because of the stressful situation? And then how does that differ a little bit from the Christian mental health community? Um, Cause I, I know, I mean, you're, you're, you're a Christian, uh, you know, LPC. So you're coming from a different standpoint. Can you help us understand both, both sides there? Yes, I can. Let me first start by uh, talking about what is a Christian counselor. I actually get asked that quite often. Like what is a Christian counselor? Do I have to be a Christian to see you? No, you, you know, I'm a Christian. You'll know the first day we meet that those are my religious values and background. And that if you so desire, we can speak about the things that are you're dealing with from a psychological standpoint, you know, um, you know, do you have a mental health condition? Are you experiencing depression or anxiety? Why do we think that's going on now? Um, but we can also speak about it from a spiritual standpoint, which is just a huge bonus. And those of us in Christian circles, you know, really feel strongly that there is only one healer in the universe. And I'm a wonderful therapist, but it's not me, you know. <laughs> so, so it's him, in my opinion. And uh, the Holy Spirit is here to help guide us and remind us of, you know, who's in charge and that he's going to take care of us and watch over us no matter what the short term looks like. Um, so a Christian counselor is that it's a counselor that you can also speak about things from a spiritual perspective. Many counselors do not do that. And we're actually discouraged in most therapy schools of doing that because we worry about offending people. You know, are we don't want to make them feel less than or uncomfortable. And so that is part of our intake process is, you know, we ask people, do you want to talk about, you know, Christian 
things or spiritual things as well. And people are always given the opportunity to say, you know, no, thanks, or uh, sure, that's fine. Um, so that's what a Christian counselor really is. So when we think about, you know, what's going on with COVID, right, if we look at the psychological impact of that, naturally, um, this is completely bizarre. And everybody, everybody, whether you were in counseling before, or you had a mental health crisis in your life before, or you were in treatment, active treatment for a psychological condition. Now we're all on this other, you know, um, parallel learning curve. What the heck is COVID? And what does it mean for me? And how can I wrap my brain around this and be healthy in light of, you know, all this that was already going on in my life? And now there's this. So that's one thing that we are really helping people do. We're kind of having to set aside, you know, ABC in the person's life for, okay, but how, how are you functioning now that you're sequestered in your home with your lovely 10 children? <laughs> it seemed like you only had two, but it's actually 10 now. Mm -hmm. It feels like 10. And your spouse and all of your stuff, you know, it's just... Uh, kind of back to basics like let's let's talk about how you're living and breathing and making dinner um, and we're having to really put out those fires first or just gather around people um, to accept hey this is nuts you know and let's try to figure out you know clever ways of making this more easy to endure for as long as we can and let's really try not to kill each other Goal number one, let's all try not to kill each other. <laughs> and, and of course, that's in the Bible, too. Thou shalt not kill. Uh, but from a Christian standpoint, you know, um, these are not new events, right? Uh, the world has been undergoing and societies have been challenged by uh, complete decimation from the beginning of time. This is not a, you know, new idea. and we have to remind ourselves that, you know, God didn't wake up March 12th and go, oh my gosh, there's a virus, you know, well, what are we going to do? You know, he, he knew and um, he is with us. He's going to walk straight through the valley, right? It's through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not staying in the valley. We're going through it. Um, and he's right here with us. And we just have to all keep that in mind, too. Yeah, coming coming from the faith background really does a lot. It gives you that a different perspective. And uh, you know, when I do uh, as a minister, sometimes I do weddings, and that's one of my questions that opens up the door for me to talk a little bit about faith. Is uh, you know, because if they had a if they were going to church and they had a pastor, they wouldn't need me. So uh, that's one of the questions: is Are you coming from a faith background? And that opens up. The, the possibility of, of talking about, you know, the, this life is not all there is. And so uh, I appreciate that, that you're able to, to do that and look at it from that point of view. Do you think that people that are coming from a faith background like that, can they weather the storm a little bit better than others who don't have that higher power to look at or to, to, to uh, connect with? Well, it just depends. 
And here's why I say that. You know, we are all dealing with the enemy. And the real enemy here is not COVID-19. It's really the devil, right? And all of his lies and fear-based, you know, threats. Robin, you know, you're, you're never going to make as much money as you made before. Oh, Robin, your 401k just went bust. You know, you're a total loser. You know, and all of the things that he tells Christians and non-Christians alike. It's, it's easier when we shake ourselves out of it to identify, okay, hold on a minute. Like my security does not come from my 401k, right? Uh, it's lovely to have a 401k. It's lovely to have a job that I can know a paycheck will be coming. But even my job is not my source. So, but still, Christians and non-Christians alike, we fall into that, you know, trap of his lies because he's very clever. I mean, he's, he fools anybody and everybody. And, and so that's my challenge to my clients and the faith-based community is to remember, you know, fear is the enemy. And I'll, I'll just share with you my personal challenge. I'm always trying to get it right, right? I want to be as much like Christ as I can. And now I got this COVID-19 thing. Okay, how am I going to stay on the path through absolute pandemonium, right? And be like Christ. Well, number one, I'm working really hard to chase away fear. And it pops up, right? Whether it's um, running out of, you know, the food that I like or need or running out of toilet paper. God forbid, you know, this is a big problem we have here. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it with the toilet paper? We'll talk later, Tom. <laughs> but, um, you know, just chasing out that fear and not letting it take hold in me in any way. Because what does God have to be afraid of, right? He can see around every corner. He knows how this whole COVID thing is going to shake out. And I'm with him. I'm on his team. And we're going to get through this. Uh, and so, you know, but, you know, we still, are you sure? Are you sure? Really, really sure? You know, we, we get sideswiped by that. So that's what we're really working on in terms of the Christian community and the mental health community. It's all the same to me is we've got to um, stay grounded and focused in the here and now in what's really going on in my room, in my life, in my family, and remember that God is with us through this. Good, good, good points. All of that, you know, moving from the Christian community, moving to, where we are in, in preparedness. Um, there's a lot of preppers who've been waiting for, or at least preparing for a poop hit the fan situation. And I guess now it's here, whether, you know, there's a lot of uh, thoughts on it, you know, is it is something that it's fabricated? Is it something that, um, you know, it's not as, as a big deal? Yes, you know, people are, are getting sick and yes, hospitals might be overrun, but do we want to completely shut down the whole nation the whole world because of this and and different people are like no this is this is something that we really need to watch and and all of that kind of stuff so moving from from that christian viewpoint now moving to the preparedness viewpoint um and i guess you 
I'm a Christian and I'm a prepper as well. There's a lot of people that are listening that are both, right? And they would say before anything else, they, they are a Christian. But are those that, and especially those that are not believers right now that are listening to this podcast, is there a benefit to being prepared that allows you to weather this storm a little bit better? I mean, all the people that have been preparing for a poop hit the fan situation, no matter what that might be, now that it's here, are they better prepared mentally to deal with this stress and anxiety of this big event? Uh, or are they are in the same boat as everyone else? Listen, I, I want to say, and I hope everybody out there listening is feeling this way, you know, and like Christians too, you know, preppers can get a bad rap, right? Well, oh, what are you getting so anxious about and the end of the world and da-da-da-da-da. But look, y'all were country when country wasn't cool. <laughs> and now it's super cool, right? Nice. So I am very um, proud of what you all have done. I hope you're very thankful and appreciative to all your resources, Todd, you included, about, you know, helping you think of things. I've learned a lot too by looking at your website. I had no idea you could do so much with a five gallon bucket. I am thrilled about that. <laughs> I, and I guess what? I have a lot of five gallon buckets and I didn't even know why I was saving them, but now I know I'm going to plant a tomato plant. I'm going to make a toilet. This is awesome. <laughs> so, so look, every, you know, it's, I would hope that you do feel a big measure of comfort and security having just kind of run through those scenarios a number of times in your mind. And I like what uh, one of these authors, uh, Tim McKay, he said, what is it? Uh, relaxed awareness. What a great term, right? Because as a counselor, I don't want us sitting on our, you know, you know, fingernail, going, oh, you know, what in the world? Oh, not that, but Hey, we, we got to pay attention right? If you live in a big city like I do, you, you know, you don't walk around not paying attention. You need to be aware. But you also, you know, need to, as a Christian, to remember, you know, I am surrounded by a heavenly host watching over me. And trust me, they have their work cut out for them with me and my family. So they are busy, but, but they're there, right? So I would hope that you all do feel a good measure of confidence and preparedness. Um, I'll just add to that um, stockpile with sort of a mental idea, which is, you know, I often talk to my clients about, you know, when you go through things, not if you go through things, but when you go through things, because, you know, there's gravity here, there's evil here in this world, you know, this place we, you know, he is lurking around like a lion and, um, we're going to bump into stuff, right? But when you bump into things, every time getting better and better at knowing the truth, which is, this is a drag, it's terrible, but I'm going to get through it and I'm going to learn something from it. And somehow God can use this crazy, terrible time to bring me closer to him or to help me help others get closer to him. And, and that's really... You know, to me, I guess what I think about in these scenarios is how is it going to, you know, further me in my faith walk or how can I use this craziness to help others come to him too? Good. All right. 
good, good stuff. Good stuff, Robin. All of it. All right. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about um, being aware. You talked uh, that that awareness. Let's talk a little bit about being aware at home. We are at home. We are, you know, social distancing. We are you know, in quarantine. Whatever, you know, different different people are at different places depending on whatever their their state is doing. Um, as we are living life you know, in the small homes, apartments, wherever we're living, uh, all of that. Uh, and we're dealing with our families and our kids and our spouses. What, what signs should we be looking for to, to know that we are in this stress, stressful situation or that someone is in danger being too stressed out? And what kind of danger should we be, you know, what does danger look like? For sure, for sure. Um, one of the things I think you're going to put it up on the website too is is um, a lot. I have this uh, found a nice stress symptom checklist. Very quick and uh, easy way to take a look at that. So can I just take a moment, Todd, with them to go through these symptoms? Oh yeah, it's a great checklist, and uh, please do it because if you didn't do it, I was going to do it. So go for it. Okay. All right. Okay, so here's what I want everybody to do. I want you to just to keep count. I'm gonna say out loud these symptoms and then just keep count how many that you feel like you are having. Okay, and they're divided into two categories, physical symptoms and psychological symptoms. And I think what's important there is we do have a mind-body connection, right? So if it, if it goes on between my ears, it's gonna manifest in my body too, right? Which is why it's very important to have counseling, talk to counselors if you have a lot of physical complaints because you actually, it actually may be an emotional um, center from that. All right, so just keep count a second. I'm gonna read through these symptoms and see how many you have. Now look, just do yourself. No elbowing your spouse. Just worry <laughs> about, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. All right, headache either migraine or tension headache, backache, tight muscles, neck and shoulder pain, jaw tension, muscle cramps or spasms, a nervous stomach, any other physical pain. What about nausea? What about insomnia, having trouble sleeping, fatigue or a lack of energy, just feeling weighed down? Cold hands and feet, tightness or pressure in the head, high blood pressure, diarrhea, mm -hmm. a skin condition, allergies, teeth grinding, digestive upsets like cramping or bloating, a stomach pain or an ulcer, constipation, Hypoglycemia, that's low blood sugar. A change in your appetite, are you eating more than you used to or less than you used to? Colds, profuse perspiration, so sweating a whole, whole lot more than usual. Heart beating rapidly or pounding even while you're at rest. Use of alcohol, cigarettes, or recreational drugs when nervous or upset. 
All right, now let's go over the psychological symptoms. Try to keep track of how many you have. Anxiety, depression, confusion or spaciness, irrational fears, compulsive behaviors. That means you're doing things like a motor, like I'm washing my hands all the time, I'm pacing in a circle. Forgetfulness. Feeling overloaded or overwhelmed. I'm hearing a lot of that. Hyperactivity, feeling like you can't slow down. Mood swings, loneliness, problems with relationships, feeling dissatisfied or unhappy with your work. Difficulty concentrating, frequent irritability. Restlessness, just can't settle down, can't quiet down. Frequent boredom, frequent worrying or obsessing, frequent guilt, temper flare-ups, crying spells, nightmares, apathy means like, uh, I don't care anymore, sexual problems, a weight change, or overeating, okay? Now take a moment and think about how many you got. Count them up if you've written them down. And let's look at the um, evaluation here, okay? All right, so if you checked only zero to seven, then you have a low stress level. If you endorsed 8 to 14, then you are moving into the moderate stress level. 15 to 21, now you're having high stress level. And finally, 22 and above, very high stress. Um, I think I have a lot of those myself. I didn't keep track, but quite a few of those, right? So we got to start paying attention to how stressed out we are. Um, and Todd, you'd asked me too about children. I want to spend a, a good amount of time talking about kids too. But a lot of children will manifest more physical symptoms. They don't, they don't use words usually to say, you know, mom, I'm feeling super stressed out right now or um, my teddy bear is uh, really getting the best of me right now. You know, they, they'll say I have a tummy ache or they'll have a headache or they may be crying or very quiet or something like that. So kids will a lot of times be more physical in their manifestation of emotional problems. All right. So when we talk about the danger and looking at the danger, um, I guess we can use this checklist. And I am going to put the checklist in the, in the notes, so show notes, so people can download that and uh, make a couple of copies of that and have it uh, very, very handy. But I guess you could kind of go off of that. You could do it for yourself, but you could also maybe ask uh, family members and see where they're at. And so would you say that high stress or very high stress, is that getting to a dangerous situation or uh, even moderate stress? Is that getting into a danger? Where would you say we need to start really truly being concerned that it's more than just, all right, we're here in the home and we can't go out to our favorite restaurant? 
Yeah, good question. And I think it's it's going to be a person-to-person -person basis. But certainly the more stress you have, the more um, irritability you have, the more depression you have, the more in danger you are for becoming, you know, you know, a little T trauma or a big T trauma, like super, super anxious, feeling overwhelmed. I've got a lot of people reporting that, you know, that it's finally like the rubber met the road. You know, the first week was like extended spring break, like, okay, there's, this is crazy, but, and then now it's like, no, this is too much, right? And so people are melting down, really crying, overwhelmed, um, you know, just melting down. Listen, this is crazy. I mean, this, you know, let's just normalize that for everybody. We are all in this crazy uh, learning curve together. Every situation is completely different, but it's normal to feel very, very stressed right now. Okay, so I don't want you to feel like, oh, no, I'm bad or I'm broken because I'm super stressed. No, this is, this is stressful, right? A therapist would tell you, well, at least you're congruent. Like, I worry more about clients that are like, oh, pandemic, schmandemic, everything's fine. Like, okay, what? <laughs> that's, not, that's not okay, right? We, this is stressful. It's going to be stressful for the near future. And you may need to cry. You may need to, you know, go outside and dig a bunch of holes and plant some new trees or, you know, tear up some fence posts and, you know, do, you know, get some stuff out, take a run or, you know, whatever you need to do to get all of this stuff out because it's stressful. It's normal to feel that way. Danger is, you know, when you start to really see people not behaving like themselves. Uh, people started to drink a lot more, starting to smoke a lot more cigarettes, starting to stay in their man cave for hours on end. Um, you know, that's when we're talking about, you know, trauma, depression, anxiety. Uh, and hey, again, it's not a surprise that that's happening. But really, really try to notice that in yourself. I tell my clients, it's like, I want you to take your emotional pulse, right? Your preppers, you guys are snappy, right? You're swift, you're paying attention. Um, but this is something you got to pay attention to, too, right? Because this can also endanger yourself or your family or make your, you know, your comfort zone not so comfortable, right? So I'm responsible for my anger. I'm responsible for my emotions. And I can't make you anything, right? Your wife can't make you mad. I know a lot of people think that's true, but that's not true because I would make you all peaceful and joyous and content. And we'd have been done with this a long time ago. This interview would be over, but we can't do that, right? I have to make my own calculations to get myself back on my path back to center, right, to anchor myself in truth. And if I need help, I have to be the one to say, yeah, I'm making my family miserable or I'm miserable with myself. I'm driving myself crazy, right? And certainly if I'm dangerous, if I'm thinking, and, and again, this is a part of depression too. I'm thinking about dying a lot. I'm thinking about hurting myself. I'm thinking suicidal thoughts. Uh, hey. 
that's part of depression. That's one of the symptoms when our brain chemistry changes to that extent. It's just really hard for there to, you know, get the light in there again without some help. So please call the crisis hotline. Please call your doctor. Please go to the ER um, because we can help that. We, we have some really great fixes for that that don't require, you know, hours and hours of therapy too. I know people like me drive a lot of people crazy. So, <laughs> you know, as you were talking about that, <clears throat> I was remembering um, back in the day when we ran the group home, there was a psychologist that came and he was talking about, I guess, energy that you, you put out. It was one of the reasons why I went back to college. I had finished uh, like three years worth and we stopped and uh, I just, I didn't finish it out. Maybe it was like two and a half years. And like I put all this time and effort and energy into uh, work, you know, finishing my college degree and didn't, and didn't do it. And it was because of him. Now, I, I didn't like the way a lot of the other things that he said. I almost kind of completely tuned out because uh, he put Jesus, Mohammed, or Jesus, Confucius, and, and uh, Buddha all in the same sentence. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I got, I got a problem with that. They're not all the same to me. They're not equal. But I did take his advice. I did go back to school, did finish it. Some other things that he said were just when you're in that state of, of depression, when you're in that state where you don't feel, and I have used this advice for other people as I have talked with him as a, as a minister, you, you can't just sit down and, and, and wallow, right? You can't just, you know, pull, pull up a blanket and just sit there. You've got to do something. So he was talking about, I still remember it. He was talking, and this so many years ago, Robin, I think we were like, it's, it's been more than 25 years ago. Um, he, and I still remember it. He was talking about, uh, that he wasn't feeling good. He wasn't, he was having issues, uh, with himself and, and not feeling just good about himself. And he cleaned his closet out. And then all of a sudden, he, after cleaning his closet out and seeing, you know, you know, making, putting some effort and burning some energy that he started feeling better about himself. So I'm like, just get, get out and do something. Um, some of the things that you were talking about, you know, like dig a hole, you know, bust up some fence posts. It sounds like it would take a run. It's like burning energy, you know, getting something done, having those, those, those little small wins where you can rearrange your sock drawer. If that's something that when you open it up, you're like anxiety, right? Rearrange the sock drawer, go out and I've been talking to people about planting a garden or even if you can't plant a full size garden, do some container gardening, do something, you know, outside, get some fresh air. I mean, do you, um, burning energy, is that, is that something you recommend? Am I on target there? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And it's, and it's also about brain chemistry. When we do those things, our body generates all the feel good chemicals to our brain. I have some clients that for one reason or another are not able to take psychotropic medications, but they do have a clinical depression, but they treat it with exercise. Now look, this is daily exercise. This is a once a month exercise. This is at least 20 minutes a day where they're exercising and really moving their body because that literally creates your own serotonin to your brain, your own oxytocin, your own dopamine. And, you know, again, that's part of God's amazing plan of our bodies. He gives us, you know, natural antidepressants. And, you know, but, but our society and the way we live our life really is, is counterintuitive to our body. So movement helps a lot. Yes. And I like your ideas, too. I have, I have a lot of friends who are, you know, everybody's decluttering and, 
you know, the poor trash men, they're really going to have their work cut out for them, aren't they? That's right. Yeah, we, we it does. I mean, that, uh, that is true. It looks like we've been producing more trash than normal. Uh, I'm assuming that, you know, when they come to, over to my house, it's like, what is this guy doing? But, <laughs> you know, cleaning up and do it. Yeah, you're right about that. I think there's three families living in there all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's just all this stuff that I haven't been able to go through since, yeah, time immemorial. And, and it's perspective, too, right? For instance, you know, in a day of therapy, I'll have one woman coming in uh, very sad and upset because she has fertility issues and can't get pregnant. And two hours later, I'll have a woman coming in wishing she could give her three children away to someone else as soon as possible, right? So we are in this COVID quarantine, but we, you know, we're going to look back on this time quite possibly, or maybe even before this happened, we were like, well, I wish I just had some quality time where I could sit down and fill in the blank. Right. What is that? So, so here we are. Right. And that's about being in the moment, being right here, right now. Uh, yes, we, we didn't know this was coming. It wasn't on our calendar. You know, the government didn't say, okay, we're going to start this quarantine thing, right? So everybody be sure you have everything you need. No, but here we are. And so let's look back on it and, and, and see that we made the most of it, you know, that we did the things that we wanted to do, that we took the time to really be with our kids instead of watching sports, right? Because there's no more sports. Yeah, all sports has been canceled. <laughs> reruns of sports i love i love these uh memes that have come out about that too like oh yeah and i noticed this lady sitting on the couch next to me she said she's my wife she seems kind of nice <laughs> <laughs> there's there's been a lot of that there's a, the ones that i love uh seeing are people who are having online meetings and then somebody in the background uh walks you know walks by and they don't realize they're online and so maybe they just woke up or maybe they're not properly dressed or or whatever and so that's been that's a, a lot of that's been going on uh, with all the <laughs> online meetings yeah the two worlds collide yeah it's crazy very yeah. crazy well we've been talking about how to handle stress in ourselves and i loved what you said you know we can't make other people happy sad mad whatever all that kind of stuff but how can we help let's uh, Let's talk about two important people because two groups of people because, you know, we're in our homes. So what about our spouses? What can we do? It'd be nice to say, hey, I'd like to make you happy. And then they're happy. But um, like you said, we, we can't do that. So how can we help them when we see them stressful? And then how can we help our kids when we see them stress, stressing out? What can we do to help them get through that? Great, great questions. Um, and time immemorial questions too. Um, number one thing is, especially when it comes to spouses, let's focus on that for a minute. We really need to be praying for our spouses. Uh, everybody's going through stuff. This is another adult in our lives, right? And it's really bad manners to tell another adult what to do, especially if they haven't asked you, right? So the first thing I always remind myself is Robin, uh, and my husband will remind me too, Robin, I'm not your client, please. I'm your husband. I need, I need your friendship. I don't need advice, right? And he's right, right? I mean, number one, he usually has an, 
asked. I just think I'm so amazing and full of good information that he should have asked. So I'll just offer it. Right. But no, we can't offer unsolicited advice to another adult, but we can pray for them. And he knows I'm praying for him. And I think that helps too. Um, but if you're, if you're married to um, or quarantined with a person who is very, very troubled and you're very concerned, it's, it might be wise to call a pastor that you all have and have your pastor, you know, check in on him or her um, to have their best friend call and check in on him or her. Um, it's helpful sometimes if you just talk about your own feelings out loud, right? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. People can hear that much easier, right? They get less defensive if I say, you know, this is really tough. Um, I nearly, um, strangled the chicken that I was cooking today because I just really felt like strangling something and that's what was available. You know, if you, if you can just share where you're coming from and things that you're struggling with, at the very least, they may hear that too and say, yeah, 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 it's bad. And that's good. Um, obviously it would be wonderful if you can self-reflect and you can share, uh, you know, wives love to help their family. Wives love to help their husbands. Um, I know we're very irritating about that, uh, but really we just, we have literally genes that say, you know, take care, take care of everything, help everything, feed everything, right? It's part of our DNA. And so um, we would love to, uh, you know, shelter you from the fears and encourage you and, you know, however you like to feel comforted or, um, you know, affection and what have you. Uh, try to, as I tell my husband, sometimes he, it's like hugging a fence post. I say, give in to the love. Just give in to the love, right? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. So give in to the love guys, gals, uh, we're, we are all here to help and support each other. Okay, so can we talk about the kids for a minute? Yes, please. A lot of people don't talk kid, okay? Especially uh, dads or people that have been working outside of the home. Now you're like dealing with these little short people and you don't really know what to do, okay? So that's normal too. But guess what? They think you're the most amazing person in the whole world. Like they think you're the bomb. So whatever you're doing, you know, just try to get a little shorter, right? Get a little tinier and get in their world because their world is so much more fun than our world. All right. So let me, so let me show you some, some ideas. All right. And I wanted to use things that everybody pretty much has in their house. I, I got um, a sock, right? So here's, Here's a nice, just one of those socks you get when you're, this is probably from when my mom went to the hospital, right? But now what is it? Oh, it's President Trump. <laughs> he wears a, that lovely blue suit he has. Wasn't that nice? Super nice. Okay, so you're, I mean, I'm watching you 
live right through video and people are listening to you on the podcast uh and so you oh you've got two i'm just gonna explain it to them you've got two socks um not yeah. just not your regular old socks you got two socks on your on your hand so go for it super fluffy socks i got a blue fluffy sock uh and this is going to be president trump because you know we're here he's coming into our living room all the time now right and then i have this is that nice lady Who's that nice lady she's so smart she knows all the rules and look what they did kids today they sent us in the mail what come on president trump's coronavirus guidelines for america we've seen them talk about this right so that nice lady is going to tell us all about it and you get into their world right and you you bring things down to their terms Hey, be sure you wash your hands, kids. Let's do it together. And you pretend you're just being that nice lady. I, what is that lady's name? Does anybody know? I can't remember. I, I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> super lovely. Super lovely. All right. And so, for instance, puppets, you don't have to have a puppet. Obviously, I'm just using a sock. But kids are very imaginative, right? And if you put a sock on your hand and you tell them to take a bath, they're going to jump right in the bathtub. It's the craziest thing. Right? So if the sock tells them, that's totally different than if mommy or daddy tells them. This is how I live basically my whole childhood is speaking to a sock because apparently I was a very bad little girl. <laughs> would not follow instructions. So get a sock and stand firmly behind it. The other thing you want to look at when you're when you're worried about your kids or you're wondering what's going on with them is how are they feeling so here's one thing that i'll do in therapy is i will use a sock to get conversation started and say hey to my sock hey i notice you look a little bit sad today can you tell me what's going on and then i'll pretend that the sock is whispering in my ear right and then I'll ask the child, what do you think is happening? What do you think he said? And then the child will tell you, they're scared of the virus, right? Mm -hmm. And so now I'm getting them to talk about what's bothering them. You know, you're right. I, how did you know they heard? Did you hear them whisper that in my ear? And then they, they will say, yes, I already know. They're very scared of the virus. They had a bad dream last night. I you know everything. You're amazing. What do you think we can do? How do you think we can help him feel a little bit better? Maybe he needs a hug, right? Mm -hmm. And then we just really find ways and let the child hug the puppet, right? Give the child a hug. Of course, because it's really the child, right? That's scared and having bad dreams. We know this. So these are very, very helpful ways of comforting them and letting them feel like they're doing something to help things get better too. But in the same way they're helping themselves get better. It's really, really amazing. So what age group are we talking about when we do something? Well, well let me ask you two questions. First of all, um, if a no, parent Todd, I still use this with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to eat dinner. Yeah, I bet. Uh, it's gotta be fun, fun at your house, Robin. <laughs> Um, so, so, uh, let's say somebody, somebody's listening to this and they've got, 
younger kids and they're like, okay, I want to do that because it takes away the, uh, you know, the fact that I'm talking about this, uh, the attention now is on the puppet. Should they introduce the puppet for, and I'm sure some people, cause I got, I've got all types of people that are listening to this podcast. I'm sure people are like, what the heck Todd, a puppet? I'm like, yeah. Okay. So we got a puppet here, <laughs> prepper puppet. Right. And so, um, do they need to introduce the puppet to them, the sock puppet before they go into something like that? Or do they just introduce it? Just, you know, Listen, here, no, here's, here's the thing with kids, because remember, you don't have every single thing in your house. That's what imagination is for. So actually, we try not to name anything. Like we say, who's this? Right? And then they say, oh, that's coronavirus. Oh, you're right, right? What's coronavirus doing? And you let the child use their imagination to tell you what's going on. If I pull up, you know, this pink cylinder and they say, and I say, Oh, look, I found one of these just use very neutral terms. These. And what do you think this is? Oh, that's the shot they're going to give the people that are sick. Right? So of course you go, well, that's exactly right. It's a shot. Well, it's really a pen, right? But my imagination lets it be a shot. So, Actually, I really try just to let the child make, make things up because that's how you're going to get what's going on in their mind, right? No matter what it is, it, it can be, it'll tell you what they're struggling with. Okay, good, good point. So what age are we talking about? Because I'm not doing that with my teenager, right? So what, <laughs> what, they're, they're going to look at me like I lost it, like Corona, you got coronavirus or something. So what age group are we talking about? I would say mostly it's going to be uh, fifth grade and under, mostly. Okay. But I will tell you, again, your child may be developmentally a little bit younger. So some sixth, seventh graders might also respond to that. Or they may still play with dolls and puppets. And, you know, there's no right or wrong about that. Um, you know, it's just, again, what each child, where each child is emotionally, developmentally. If they still have a really bright imagination like that, then you can use that. You can really encourage them through imagination. All right. Well, I'm going to try it on my wife and I'm going to see what happens. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what happens there. A nice lady. She's less intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> she is. So let me, let me ask you this. That, that would be coming to our, our kids and, and being very purposeful. Um, can we observe? Is, is there things that we can do maybe to observe what they're doing and gain some insight maybe to where they're at in this whole situation? For sure. Um, if you start to notice your child really behaving differently, right? Uh, you start to see they're, you know, more serious. They're more anxious. Maybe they're, you know, picking their fingernails or um, wringing their hands or sleeping more, eating more, um, irritated with everything and everybody, right? These are signs that something's going on and of course again that's normal this this is all completely different and completely weird and they haven't gotten to see their friends in a long time they haven't gotten to go to school most kids really enjoy actually enjoy going to school they don't enjoy homework but they like school you know so it's very difficult so you do want to pay attention to that 
And again, you want to uh, offer them you and time to just talk about those things and it's okay for them to cry about that. You know, it's a loss. It's sad. It's hard. Um, and you may be driving them crazy too. You know, I, you know, kids drive us crazy, but we drive kids crazy too. Um, so ask them, you know, is there anything that I'm doing that's bothering you or that I can work on maybe to be less irritating? Yes, mom, will you please, <laughs> please stop asking me to do chores every single day, all day long right? Just take a break. This might go on for some time. So let's take things at a measured pace. Communicate with them. Give them plenty of time to talk about things. I know that uh, back when we ran the group home, um, there was a lot of other therapists that, that used play and they, they would bring in aspects of, of play therapy. Um, is there of course, I mean, we're not, we're not therapists, whatever. Is there anything that we can do maybe to observe their play does that would that give us any signs that of where they might be absolutely um there that is the language that children use to talk they use play that's why play therapy is usually used with younger children so for instance if you start noticing or you're cooking dinner and you hear Ken and Barbie are really going at it in the other room and <laughs> they're really mad at each other because Ken keeps uh, driving Barbie crazy, you know, you know, like, okay, maybe me and my husband are arguing out loud a little bit too much, right? They're hearing those things. They're noticing those things and, and they're stressed about that too, right? So we want to really try as much as we can to keep adult business, adult business. It's very difficult in close quarters but it's very important because those little ears are hearing and those little eyes are hearing, seeing things going on. And, you know, we're kind of listening to all the media um, describe what's going on. We want to really stay away from gruesome tales and death tolls. And, you know, these, these are not child friendly things. Uh, if you start to see your child, you know, really acting differently, you, you want to pay attention to that. Make sure, make sure you're keeping their world just as child friendly and child centered as you can. These are not things that they can understand, right? They can't even understand what it is to die. They see cartoon figures die all the time and they just get up and start over again. Right. So, um, it's, a, it's a tough, tough thing for kids, little kids. So try your best to really uh, protect them from adult business. You can certainly give them and need to give them, you know, the things that they're asking all of us to do, right? You can say, well, these are things that, you know, we do really want you to do. We want you to follow instructions, right? We want you to have good hygiene and you go over that with them. You may make a game of washing your hands, right? We're going to sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star with it today. Tomorrow we're going to sing the alphabet song. So we are doing it for 20 seconds and, you know, but make it, trying to make it all fun and, you know, but still effective. One of the, the great videos that I saw early on, on on social media, I guess when, when parents or when teachers were trying to explain to, to their kids what they, you know, how important it was to wash their hands, they would have, um, a, you know, like a, a bowl of water. I don't know if you saw this one. And then they, they would put pepper 
all over it. And so that would symbolize the, the virus. And then they would put one drop of soap on their finger. And when the child touched the water in the bowl, the, the pepper would just, yeah, it would just run away from it. And uh, they, they use that as an object lesson of why it's so important to wash your hands. Uh, I think that's, that's one of those great ones. If anyone who's listening hasn't done that, that might be something you might want to do to get them to, to understand how important it is to wash, wash hands. Because I know from working in a school, and that uh, was one of the things I was always asking kids when they were walking, especially boys, when they were walking out of the, of the restroom, like, did you wash your hands? Go wash your hands. That's so important. And uh, so a lot of good stuff out there to, to help uh, you know, get our kids to where they need to be. So that's a, a lot of good advice. All right. So we, we do have some questions that my email group sent in and uh, I'd like to ask you a couple of these. Um, one of them is, and this, you know, we talked about younger kids, but as parents, we have older kids as well and they're affected. So this question was, I have kids who were in college uh, and a senior in high school. Any advice on how to cope with the senior not having a prom or a traditional graduation ceremony? As for the college folks, they're feeling like they were taken out of their universe. They had their college experience canceled and tips on that sort of area would be greatly appreciated. Oh my goodness, Fry. This is really a cross section of our society that has been really, really hit the hardest, in my opinion, other than, of course, those who have been struck by death. But, you know, it, it is a death of their way of life, of a dream of being a senior or being away in college. And all of a sudden, you know, they maybe came home from spring break and then their life was never the same again. It is totally crushing. And I really hope everybody will treat it like a grief. Like it's really a loss. Um, you know, kids feel things very hard, very intensely. And, and it is, it's horrible. Um, so we want to really think about it as a grief, right? They may go through the whole grieving process. It's the loss of a way of life. It's the loss of the dream of prom, which is something that starts, you know, when as soon as you become a freshman and find out what that is. Um, you know, it's the loss of all of these wonderful, um, you know, punctuation marks of, graduating and finishing out your high school or your college year. Uh, there's just nothing, you know, it's just horrible. It's just really horrible. So please be very compassionate to them. Know that they will very much go through the grieving process like anger or bargaining, you know, please just can I go on a senior trip or please can I, you know, they're going to, go through that. They're going to go through depression of it. They're going to go through um, just shutting down or just, you know, it's just, it's going to really be hard. I would think about it like a grieving process. Best I can tell you. Okay. All right. And again, just give them time. I, I know when, you know, the, I, sometimes the worst thing that people do when, when people are grieving is come around them and, and try to bombard them with, you know, help. And sometimes people want to just be left alone. So I, I really think it kind of depends on the person. You have to know your, 
your adult child or your teenager and kind of know where they're at. So um, that's some, some good points there. Offer that, offer that, you know, Hey, I'm here. I know this is really crummy. If you want to talk, let me know. But then yes, I like that to just give them space. Uh, I don't know it, you know, if you've been to college like that is awesome to get out of your parents' house and do your own thing, whatever that looked like, you know, for some of it, it was pretty crazy and fun. And now all of a sudden, like game over, right? That is crummy. So, and you don't, you don't know when things are going to get back, right? I mean, there's so many different, you know, 15 days, it's going to burn out by summertime and maybe we'll go back to, to our campuses in, in the fall. Um, there's still a lot of things up in the air. And so, you know, that's, yeah, uh, I, I like the idea of helping them grieve a little bit and, and being there for them, but understanding that because sometimes as adults, it's, it's, we can like, all right, get over it, right? You, you're here, we're safe, we've got things and, and why are you being such a wuss? Um, you know, we can, we can come across that way, but uh, understanding where they're coming from. So I have another question. Um, this was one that came in. Uh, it says, what are some ways that we can diffuse arguments? Because we're going to be, you know, we're, we're bumping up against everyone. You know, in normal times, we get to go to work, we come back. But now we're around people a whole lot more. So it, that, you know, the, the ability to have an argument or the, the opportunity to, to come up and tempers to flare how can we, what are some ways that we can diffuse arguments in our home? Obviously a good question. Um, and, you know, again, no one is, um, you know, symptom free of this. I myself have had to really dial it down, like back up, take a break. Because again, the enemy is really excited that we are driving each other crazy in our houses too. And he's trying to stir up the pot and he knows all of our buttons that everybody can push. So, so number one is, I think it's wise to talk about, now we've had a good stretch here where we're, we've been in this kind of cabin fever state, right? So it's not a bad idea to step back now and say, let's talk about how this is going, right? I think, I think preppers are good about this too, like reassess, you know, this was our initial plan but this is how it's really going. So what do we need to tweak so we can get it even better, right? So do that from a mental health psychological standpoint too. Hey, we've been trying this, you know, where mom and dad are in charge or we're doing five chores a day, uh, but we can see we're losing everybody. We're, we can see everybody's wanting to climb the walls. So what can we do, right? Read tool things, talk about it, we need more playtime. We need more craft time. Um, I need more space, personal space. Mommy needs space. Daddy needs space. Whatever it is, um, setting up new boundaries, right? Mom and dad, I'm gonna tell you this: you need to take your time and encourage the kids firmly. We need our time. Do not interrupt. Go out on the back porch, have a glass of iced tea together, and make sure nobody interrupts really give yourself that, you know, space to get away and de debrief. Be okay. This is my, one of the things I struggle with. It be okay if other people in your environment need that, right? From you, right? Maybe not personal, may just be 
that they need some quiet. They need their nerves to just settle out, right? Uh, and if you if you don't do that, if you don't allow for that, you're going to encounter, you know, some friction. So be okay with letting other people have their time too. And the sooner you let them do that, this is even in that wonderful book written years ago, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, which I love that book, uh, about letting people go into their cave, right? Because the sooner you let them go, the sooner they'll emerge. If you keep going to the cave door and knocking, is it me? Is it what's going on? Right. Then it's like, uh, you have to stay there even longer. Now there can be an unhealthy isolation as well. Can you, can you briefly touch on that? How do we know the difference between they just need their space and okay, I need to go in there maybe start intervening, trying to get them out of their room because we haven't seen them for a while. And you know, whatever. Can you, can you briefly talk about that? You know, I think that that is something that uh, spouses have to help each other notice or hold each other accountable for because you may slip into that and really not realize you're becoming depressed or you're becoming overwhelmed. And, you know, your spouse obviously is, a, you know, or your, or your child, you know, your child maybe have to be the one to tell you to, Hey, you're, you're kind of, uh, you seem worse than normal. And, and look, we got, you know, we got to pay attention to that. Um, because again, is it a sign that I'm getting depressed here or I'm, or I'm feeling hopeless here? Um, so yeah, paying attention to those signs. If, if things are really getting more and more, you know, taking a time out, you know, and again, it's not because you're in trouble. It's because you just need to kind of reboot, right? you know, no more than an hour, right? No more than an hour. If it's going on all day or three days, yeah, we're, we're really actually more depressed than needing to reboot. Gotcha. All right. So this question here, we were talking about a lot about kids. Uh, we were talking, we even brought up the, the puppets and all that kind of stuff. Some people I'm sure were rolling their eyes so this question, this question is, are we coddling children too much and not giving them enough credit? I wonder if we're doing a disservice to our children by sending them out into the real world without an understanding of basic life. Thank you for the question. Thank you for the question. And I'll tell you, um, I think kids nowadays, and, and by kids, let me say uh, middle school, high school, are over um, educated, overexposed. They have way more access to information, good and bad, than we ever did as people. Um, what I what I would like for people to think about is this: it, it's difficult for us when we have an adult mentality and we have an awareness of all the things that can go wrong. And especially if we're prepping, then we have a hyper awareness of all the things that can go wrong. Um, but it's, I want you to be cautious about overexposing children, especially, you know, younger than high school children to that type of information, because really you're, you're much more likely to end up with kids that have bad dreams, that are very anxious, that are very unhappy, that are burdened than you are, you know, to really, um, not, you know, be coddling them. It's not coddling them. 
Um, I agree that, and I, and there's actually a really good experiment that my, one of my pastors did with his senior and high school kids, which is senior in high school. He parented them. He and his wife parented them as if they were at college. Okay. So they, no rules, right? No curfew, but they had to uh, go get their own toiletries. They had to, you know, figure out if supplies were running low. They had to scramble up breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, uh, you know, all those things. But it really helped the parents figure out kind of where are we at on the learning curve, right? So that whole senior year, they were able to figure out, and the child was able to figure out, okay, wow, I'm not quite as amazing as I thought I was because I, you know, <laughs> I really haven't gotten up on time for school. I really haven't attended school or whatever it is that the child's needed to figure out. So there is a time for that, Todd, there is, and it's an important time. I like kids to make a lot of mistakes high school years when they're at home and the parents are right there to go, okay, what did you learn, right? What would you do differently next time and get out there and try it again, right? Uh, because that's, you know, that's life. That's how it goes. And that's how God parents us, right? We mess up constantly, right? And he sits mm -hmm. down with us. Okay, Robin, you know, I'm convicted by the sermon. Okay, wow, I did do that. Or, or I hear the song and it's like, oh, yeah, that was me. I did do that. He convicts us. He has his parent-child conversation with us, and we learn the lesson. We ask for forgiveness, and then we get out there and try it again, right? Hopefully mess up in all new ways. We just want to keep making all new mistakes. That's, that's success. <laughs> if we keep making the same old mistake, now we're in trouble, right? right? But, but overexposing a young child to, you know, the world as it is. I don't know that at that age, there's really a lot of value in that unless there's a situation, for instance, the child is about to be on their own. The child is about to be living in a war torn civilization where you'd really need to tell them how to survive, how to defend themselves. Uh, and I don't, I don't think we're there here in this, you know, even in this situation, I really don't think we're there other than, you know, right. The main things that we're being all being asked to do in terms of hygiene, you know, um, preparing for this and I didn't do the research and, and you'll probably be able to answer this right away. Was it Victor Frankel who went through the Holocaust and his parent or his, yes. he with his yes. father. Okay. And, uh, from what I remember about that, his dad tried to make it all a game for him so that when he got out of um, when they finally were released, I think I, I can't remember what happened to his dad or whatever, but he was able to come out of it, you know, uh, with the, I guess a little bit better uh, mentally than, than the other kids that were dealing with that. Um, it, yes. I mean, it, so th that would apply here as well. You know, where, where this dad was here, here we are in, a concentration camp, people are dying all around us. Uh, you know, all that, there's always the fear of going to the gas chamber and all this. And here dad is making it a big game of, uh, you know, it's still survival. It's still all of that, but dad is trying to help him cope in, in that way. Yes. Victor Frankl wrote man search for meaning and he, uh, he realized 
these uh, guards can take away everything from us, except they cannot take away, you know, what's going on inside of us. And so there's this concept of an internal locus of control versus an external locus of control, right? And it does, it absolutely determines, do I feel safe or not? Do I feel okay? And I think it's a big part of being a Christian is we know when we really embrace our faith and we have faith, hey, you know what? All of this can disappear, including my life, and I'm still going to be okay, mm-hmm. right? Because I have him and he has me. And that's what's so amazing and wonderful about it. But the same does apply. Now, that's actually a good segue into some demonstrations that I wanted to show your viewers or have your viewers go through. Do you think this is a good time? Or sure. Sure. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So let me just share, you know, and look, all of you eye rollers out there, right? I know these mental health therapist types right okay i get it i get it trust me you know i go to a party and nobody wants to talk to me i'm the last person anybody wants to talk to but you Uh, own donkeys but you own donkeys (laughs) but i do own a couple of really badasses (laughs) my vet loves to come and see the donkeys she tries to say ass as many times as she can (laughs) oh robin are you gonna show me your hairy ass or what (laughs) yeah it's in the bible right it's in the bible that's right that's right all right so so let me just kind of throw some buzzwords out at you i'm sure you've seen them all because there are very apropos right now before covid but but right now especially during covid okay so there's this idea of of grounding ourselves right no we're not in trouble it's not time out it's literally putting ourselves back in the here and now okay so that's grounding i'm going to show you an exercise on that there's what's called guided meditations or relaxation all right if you type in youtube guided meditation oh my goodness there's about a million that will come up and every single one is completely different and very helpful in terms of getting you focused on something constructive and positive and relaxing and turning off our stress response. That is really the, when it comes to the mind body relationship, you know, as soon as we think about a saber tooth tiger, our body does not know whether there is a saber tooth tiger or we're just thinking about one, but it responds the same, right? So it's very important as often as you can to say, all right, we're just going to leave it over there and I'm going to be in this moment. I'm going to think my, you know, positive thoughts. I'm going to center my thoughts on something that I enjoy, something that makes me feel good. And we'll do a little exercise with that guided meditation. Uh, And there's this concept called mindfulness and I will show you some things about that, but really mindfulness. And again, it's not, you know, some uh, psychobabble thing or whatever. It's really about, Drilling in, doing something in a very intentional, very um, present way. And I'll show you as easy as it can be how to do that. Uh, And then finally, let's see. I want to tell you, and Todd, you're going to put up some resources, some apps, and some 
um, healing scriptures, uh, things like that on your website too. There's, there's this concept too called ASMR. And these are really great um, videos too. And they have great sounds. And again, it just, it, it involves our mind. It involves our being and it helps us extricate ourselves from the fear and anxiety and and worry that's obviously going to be going on too right we need to take those breaks just those mental breaks all right so let's take let's take one right now i'm going to show y'all a few a few things to do okay and you're gonna you're gonna show us on the video but you're going to walk us through as well on the audio you're going to tell us yes. what you're doing okay it's very much a uh listening and and uh you don't really need to see as much at all. I'll, I'll do both. Okay. All right. So the first, okay, now look, stop rolling your eyeballs. Just do what I'm <laughs> Just try it. Nobody's watching you. You're in your own home, right? Just unless, unless they're driving. Don't do this while you're driving. Do not do this while you're driving. Yes. <laughs> you, you <laughs> okay. You can, you can do maybe some mindfulness, but yes, don't close your eyes. You know, I did that one time, Todd, I, somebody, I was talking to a client on the phone, it was an emergency, and we were driving, and then I said, okay, let me pray for you, and I closed my eyes, and I was like, oh, wait, wait, <laughs> don't pray, don't close your eyes while you're praying while you're driving. No, not at all. <laughs> all right, so let's just take a few minutes, and what I want you to do is I want you to just notice your body. I want you to scan your body from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And I want you to give yourself a rating. This is called a SUDS rating, a subjective unit of distress, or basically, how the heck am I feeling right now? Zero is I feel completely relaxed, no stress, no disruption, no anxiety. Ten is it's the worst I can imagine. I'm crawling out of my skin. I'm freaking out right now. All right, so just scan your body and notice anything that's going on there, your heart rate, your breathing, your muscle tension, and give yourself a rating. Just kind of notice where it feels like it's at right now, 0 to 10. All right, now I want you to take a few long, slow, deep breaths. Focus on breathing all the way to the base of your lungs. A nice, slow, deep breath all the way to your abdomen. And if you're able, I want you to take that breath next time in through your nose and out through your mouth. And take two more long, slow, deep breaths. Now in your mind's eye, I want you to imagine that you're sitting in your favorite chair it can be anywhere at all. 
Maybe it's somewhere in your home. Maybe it's on a back porch somewhere. Maybe it's in the middle of the woods somewhere. Maybe it's along the beach. Take a moment and just really transport yourself to your chair. Notice the temperature. It's your favorite temperature. Maybe there's a slight breeze. Maybe there's wonderful warm sun just bathing you. Maybe it's brisk and cool. Now I want you to imagine in your eyes that you can see the landscape all the way around you. Think about all of the things that you can see. Maybe you notice a tree, or a beautiful mountain scene. Maybe it's just a lovely green meadow, fresh, clean air all around you. And now what are the sounds that you can hear in your mind's eye? Tune in to all of the sounds around you. Maybe it's some birds. Maybe it's a gentle breeze through the trees. Maybe it's the sound of people nearby laughing and enjoying themselves. And what are the smells in this wonderful place where you are? Do you have something to eat or drink that you like? Maybe something ice cold or something warm and soothing. Notice how it smells. And take a drink or take a bite. Just really allowing your senses to really capture this place. And ask yourself this question, what is one word that I might use to really capture my feelings being in this place. Just think about that one word. Maybe it's peace or comfort or calm. It's a wonderful place to be. And just gently begin to bring your attention back just to this room where you are, just to notice yourself now wiggling your toes. Open your eyes when you're ready.
Now I want you to scan yourself again. What do you notice now in your suds? Zero to 10, how do you feel in your body? Just notice that. You feel like it got any better, any lower? Todd, what about you? Yeah, I, you know, I, um, I didn't feel like I was really high to begin with, um, but it was kind of cool. Um, I can see a lot of people are going to roll their eyes. I, I, I know that, you, you know, you're going to have that. But um, I imagined myself being on my, my dad's property back in the day um, mm. and uh, looking out. I, I wish we still had that. I talk about it. Uh, you know, I've talked about it before on the podcast that uh, I really enjoyed that, that place. So I can see where that would really be relaxing and peaceful and help you to de-stress. Definitely. Yes. Listen, use that word that you came up with or that those breaths, right? To, you know, again, when you need to just kind of check out a little bit and you don't want to drink alcohol or use drugs, right? This is free and available. Go into a quiet place and walk around that property, right? Or wherever it was that you went and, and just remember that wonderful moment in your life and allow your body to just take a breather because it's really, really stressful what we're going through right now. Okay. Uh, for, let me show you what mindfulness is. Okay. I've got two ways of demonstrating this. All right. So here I chose a, a flower this morning. Is that pretty good? Can you see that? Yeah. All right. So people that, cannot see us right it's a bright yellow flower and the thing that you'll notice in mindfulness is you probably never got this close to a bright yellow flower and if you did you have a great imagination so you notice right how many petals are probably on this flower and looking at each of the individual petal and noticing the texture of each one. And there's actually many, many colors, not just yellow, right? We have this deeper kind of an orange color. You can't see it as well as when I first picked the flower. Then we have these little black spots, right? So it's really just diving in to whatever it is you're looking at. Now, look at here. Did you know this was going on on the back? On the back of this flower, it looks like the LSU Tigers. It's amazing. <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> it's purple and gold, and it takes you back to the national championship, and it just makes you feel good, right? It just makes you feel good about the world. And noticing the green, right? So mindfulness. Now, for all of you eyeball rollers, I brought you something, too. <laughs> well, and I guess that mindfulness for a lot of us who go out to the garden, I mean, that would be really easy for us to do. Is just oh, yeah. Dive into your garden. Yeah, right? Yeah. Really take, take time with the different leaves. Can you identify a plant just by the leaf, right? Because that's kind of where, where we're at right now. We just got leaves if we got anything at all. Right. Okay, but look, I, I brought this. Oh, <laughs> This is th so you got it. You got to explain what it is for the uh, for okay. the people that are listening. Okay, here it comes, guys. <laughs> You're not gonna like me after this, but it's okay. 
So I thought I couldn't love my husband anymore until he presented me with a hickory pellet smoked country style brown sugar basted rib. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, now look. So if you can see it, then you notice there this the glistening of it, right? And I've had to work really hard to keep my dogs from eating this this morning because they're like, why do we have that in the office? That's awfully nice. But I just notice it, right? I notice the shimmeriness of it. I notice the smell. And in this case, the taste of it, right? You got a little spice on there too. <laughs> might, might notice even the plate, the scalloped edge of this plate, right? Just to really, this is mindfulness. This is all it is, right? Whether you're washing the dishes or gardening, it's just really diving in. And and have you been thinking about COVID-19 while all this has been going on, right? Yeah. No. No, it's gone, right? Not at all. Not at all. Where the mind goes, energy flows. That's that's the key to that. That's good. All right. So how, how long... Would you, I mean, that's to de-stress, the mindfulness, right? The de-stress and how long do you, is that something you, I mean, I guess you do it as often as you need it, right? Yeah. But I mean, even just in little five minute increments or if you feel, you know, you're that I want to strangle people's coming on really good. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to go out in the garden. I think I'm going to go spend time and, and not gardening necessarily, but just being, right? Being in your garden smelling the dirt excuse me soil soil <laughs> noticing anything that's blooming right what is what does an okra blossom look like we're always so concerned with the okra but nobody bothers to look at the blossom so just being in those moments instead of the stressful it's a very good break for your brain very good break for your brain that's great. And that actually just answered the last question because the, the last question was, what are some techniques on how to identify what you can change and, and take action about what you can't then why not, while not ignoring uh, what you can't change and how to not stress about it. And so you just gave us two, um, two practical ways of doing it that, that doesn't cost anything that uh, allows us to, to bring that stress level down. So thank, thank you for doing that. Share them with your children too, okay? Kids stress, and we need to teach our children how to stay centered and focused, right? We need we need to teach them how to check out of all the shenanigans and in a healthy way, without drugs or alcohol or you know whatever. We we need to we need to share these things with the kids too, and you'll be surprised how good they are at it. Very good. A lot of good good stuff here, Robin. We uh, I really do appreciate it. Um, as we close out, is there anything else that you would like to share? You know, you have people here on on the podcast, and you can share with them pretty much anything that you would like to share. Anything that there was something that you didn't say that you really want other people to understand. Feel free to say that right now. You know. I guess the main thing I would love to do um, is say a prayer, actually, if that's possible. Go for it. All right. Those of you who would like to join me, please just remove your head covering and let's just take a moment. Heavenly Father, um, I just want to lift up 
our whole world to you, Lord Jesus. We're all in this, and this is just absolutely unprecedented. Lord, we know that in this world uh, there is fear, and the enemy's here, and he loves to stir our pot and get us all uh, squirmy. And Lord, we also know that there's nothing that you have to be afraid of because you know all about this virus and you know all about the beginning and the middle and the end of it. But help us, Lord Jesus, because we're right in the middle of it now and we succumb to fear often. So uh, Lord, just give us all just a sense of your presence, your love, your care for us, your constancy through all of the difficulties. Lord Jesus, we especially lift up those who are currently struggling with the virus or have a, a friend or family member who is infected by the virus. And we just ask for your compassion and your care on their mind, their body, and their spirit. Lift our hearts to you, Lord Jesus. We know that even in times of trouble, you do call on us to praise you, to extol you, and to lift your name. And so, Lord, I just, again, I thank you for who you are in advance of uh, all of this. Uh, thank you, Lord. Bless Todd. Bless uh, every uh, person that's able to hear this broadcast. Give them peace and comfort knowing they are in your care as well. We love you, God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Robin, for being a part of this episode. Greatly appreciate it. And uh, I'd love to have you back at some point. Uh, I know that there's going to be a lot of Great feedback from this. All right. Thanks, Todd. I appreciate you having me on. God bless. God bless you too. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Again, thank you so much, Robin, for coming on to the podcast and sharing your information and your strategies for how to weather the storm that we're in and really any storm that we find ourselves in that is really high stress and a lot of anxiety because that mental health aspect, you can be as prepared as you think you, you can be, but then that mental health aspect of it, your ability to manage stress when you're really in the thick of it is very important. So thank you again. And guys, I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, come on over to episode 633. Leave a comment and uh, I'll be happy to, to share that with Robin and uh, you know let her see that as well. Well, guys, that's it for episode 633. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app or you can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, you can head on over to prepperwebsite.com where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace. <laughs>